0: You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices.
1: Prosperity in Black America. What will this require? Is Black business prospering? Are we reaching women and minority-owned businesses? How do we achieve earning parity for wealth for our families? I'm that provocateur of change. I am Cindy Bright. Welcome to Heartbeat, everyone. Thank you for joining us this evening. Well, you probably saw my provocative uh, title for the show tonight, which it's uh, No Niggas Allowed. I hyphenated it. But everybody knows what I meant by it. You know, when I heard what was happening in this story this with this candidate we're going to bring on here in just a minute, I'm reminded of a lot. I'm reminded of the segregation and the life i have lived through myself i'm reminded of uh the time the era where my family had to see you know colored drink over in this water fountain and white folks go here i'm reminded of a story in my own life um my sister watches this show so i was debating whether i'm going to tell it but i am going to share you know uh, as a child a young child my family is from arkansas so we Uh, are from the South. My family's from the South. And I remember us driving across the country to be able to go see our grandparents. We were packed in a truck, uh, had a shell on the back of the truck. And at nighttime, my father had to go back there and get a few hours of sleep. It was about three days worth of driving. But my sister and I had to sit in the front seat with a gun. And I haven't told that story to a lot of people, but that is the fear that we had of no niggas allowed, right? Like not being able to be in spaces, not being able to be safe anywhere we go. Now that was in the 1970s. I mean, I'm born in the early sixties. So this is not removed from my life or in the people's lives who participated in this show. What we're going to hear from tonight is a candidate for public office who's running in Pasco, Washington. Now he's running uh for a city council seat. And I'm gonna let him tell the story about what he's facing just on the other side of the mountain. I've invited him in, his name is Irving Brown. He goes by Mr. Brown for Pasco. I wanna welcome him in and welcome him to Heartbeat this evening. Irving, welcome to Heartbeat with me this evening.
2: Thank you so much, Cindy, for having me and uh, moving quickly on this. This is a story, a topic, a headline that hits every household.
1: Let me bring in to have this conversation. I invited two other people to join this conversation with us. Uh, i and I'll explain why. I invited first off Representative David Hackney. Representative David Hackney is in an elected position. He's in the eleventh district, uh, and he is also the chair of the Black Caucus. And it is important for the Black Caucus. To be focused on you know, on what's happening to our candidate, so we're going to have invite him in to join uh, him to join us. I've also invited in, and I'm very honored to have her to time on her schedule. The chair of the Washington Democrat, Shasti Conrad, who's you know responsible for uh, Democrats running across the state of Washington, and we want to hear her views. So let me invite both in, uh, Representative Hackney. Welcome back to Heartbeat, Representative Hackney, and the chair of Washington State Democrats, Shasti Conrad. So I want to begin this conversation because, uh, Irving, you let's let you tell your story and what you're facing. I have some photos of what's occurred. I want you to be able to share that. And I want to be able to ask our elected officials to join in when he tells the story about your views, about what's happening and kind of what action or what you all are thinking about are the necessary next moves for this. Mr. Brown, I'll let you have the floor.
2: Well, again, as I said earlier, thank you so much for this platform. Um, the goal is to, um, for me, is to just speak off the cuff. This is the way it went down for me. This is not scripted. This is my life. This is, this is a process and experience that I'm going through. So I have to tell it from a heart place. Um, I thought about writing something down. I've thought about uh, keeping it so um, so political. That's, that's not the process. So we're gonna get real raw tonight and we're gonna talk about a topic, like I said earlier, that affects everyone. I don't care what color you are. It may be negative, it may be positive, but again, I'm grateful for the platform because we need to talk about this. My experience is where I'm going next. Um, it's, it's very mixed. Um, it's, it's filled with frustration, it's filled with anger, it's filled with leaving me the challenge to educate on ignorance. Um, we, we can go down the whole litany of things, but what has left me with, with unnecessary pain and discomfort that is not fair, not only to me, but any person of color, it's been, it's been, um, it's been very disheartening to live in such a city that I love, Pasco Washington, um, rise to this level. Um, I think this is a wonderful place to live. Um, I brought my children up in their latter teenage years here, went to school here. I've worked here. I've contributed. And to call me a nigger is just unacceptable. And the way that we try our very best every day to eradicate how I'm feeling, which is a not enough alphabets to put a word together and how I'm feeling to be quite honest with you. I'm devastated. I'm hurt. I'm not happy about this. Who would be? If we don't talk about this, we can't manage this poor behavior and ignorance. That's, that's, that's just is running rampant. The damage to the sign is a small dose of what I believe has escalated. This is not my first um, experience with um, being called a nigger being um communicated that I'm not qualified because of the color of my skin. Pay close attention here. All of my supposed failures is because of the color of my skin. Mm. Talk about ignorance. Let's let's do this. So because the color of my skin, I'm inefficient. Because the color of my skin, I am not articulate and educated. Because the color of my skin, I'm unfit to be someone's father. Oh, they've took it to this level now. So only because the color of my skin, I am completely disqualified from every equal opportunity that's been granted to me. And I stand on the shoulders of some pretty great people that are black. So we're very important to the process. We talk about how important we are. Well, take a look at our, um, our, I call them our heart doctor. Let's look at the fire hydrant. Let's look at the traffic light. I think we matter. I think we made a, a very huge contribution to this population. And to call me a nigger, the only point to that is because I bring something to the table and I'm the main course, I'm the meat on the table that's gonna feed everybody. I make I make a difference. I make a difference and it's, it's bothering somebody that I, I'm making a difference, that I'm on the front line fighting for affordable housing. I'm on the front line as a black man fighting for a way to manage the homeless uh, problems that we have. We want to elevate those homeless people. We want to educate those homeless people. We want to look at the clinical side of what that, why they even where they are. Our next lawyer, our next doctor is is dealing with homelessness. We, we need to build relationship with our a law enforcement department, which is a great law enforcement department here in the city of Pratt, they're awesome. We need community engagement to eradicate this kind of behavior and eradicate the way that I'm feeling in my own community, where I pay taxes, I shop here, I educate other people of many different colors. I'm more than devastated.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm
2: finally pissed off at this point. Let's just—I said we're going to talk tonight. So I'm finally at a point to where Irving Brown senior is pissed off that somebody gets to run around and try to change my assignment.
4: Mm.
2: They don't get that. They don't get to do that. But now because of the color of my skin, I have to work double duty. I have to show up at a higher level than most people with privilege. That's the kind of life that a person of color has to deal with all day, every day. Now, am I speaking for every person of color? No, but let's just keep it 100. As, a, as people of color, of color, not just black people, of color, when I go to a job interview, you know you know what sometimes runs through my mind? I gotta work harder in this job interview than you know, an, uh, a, a person with privilege. I'm coming in, I'm 6'1", then I'm a, a black guy, you know, that's one. Now I got to sit in there and really put the work in. So I got two strikes against me. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants wants to wants to argue that I'm really ready tonight because that's my experience and that's what's been done to me. So how can I think- feel better? I think this is one of the ways and I'll turn it back over to you. And number two, I do want to focus on educating about the ignorance because there's no need to be upset and then have all this wonderful platform set, and we're fighting, you know, shotgun to shotgun. Um, we need we need to do things like this and continue the conversation, which I'm grateful for. But we have to continue the conversation to a point to where one day it may be gone, but at least it's less than what happened to me. And this is I said it, not the first time they reached out to city staff to ensure that this so-called nigger was not going to be able to maintain his seat for the uh, appointment process. Mm -hmm. Now I'm asking to be retained Mm -hmm. as a city council member to complete my term.
1: Mm -hmm. We understand. We understand all of what you're saying. I think I was explaining to you right before we went on air. I was also a candidate at one time. We've all heard the narratives around. uh, And I'm I'm so happy to have Shasti and David to speak to this, too, because I believe they both have heard the same things as well. I'm trying to get into their seats, these narratives. Shasti, let me bring you in and just get a reaction from you about what um, Mr. Brown is speaking to um, in your role as the chair of the state. Democrats.
3: Yeah, thank you so much, Cindy. And thanks for including me in tonight's really important um, show. And let me just start by saying first, you know, Irving, thank you for running. You know, thank you for stepping up and being there for your community um, through the appointment process and then deciding to stay in it and run again. So thank you for all that you have done. And let me just let's just start there. And then I want to say I'm sorry. You know, I'm really, genuinely so horrified um that you've had to experience this um i wish i could say that i was shocked um but we all have been there and we know unfortunately that this is these are the times um and i just want to say how sorry i am that you have experienced this and are continuing to have to experience all of this um you know, certainly, you know, I'm look, I'm the first woman of color to lead the Washington State Democrats. I was the first woman of color to lead the King County Democrats, which was a role I was in the four years before. Um, you know, as, as much as I, you know, have really dedicated my life to, um, you know, political systems, institutions, trying to make these changes, building up the Democratic Party. Um, you know, I recognize that we are not, um, without blame or without fault in, you know, not being able to, not having done all the things that we could do to to protect all of our candidates and our elected officials. Um, We certainly have a lot of listening to do, a lot of learning to do, and a lot more work that we need to be putting into making sure that when we are asking folks, I think particularly in the last several years, We've done a lot to really encourage folks from diverse backgrounds to step up and to run. We've done a lot on that end of being like, yes, you should run for office. We want more people like you representing our communities and in these roles. But then we we don't take those next steps to make sure that you are fully supported to be able to run for office and then to do the job. And. Certainly, as I've come into this role, I've been in this job now for just seven months. Um, you know, every day I'm thinking about what are the protections that we need to put in place? What are the security threats? Um, what are the all of that? Um, not just for candidates and elected officials, but also for all of our volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, several months ago, when when there were the spate of um, shootings that were happening, where people were pulling into the wrong driveway and um, mostly people of color, mostly young black men we're getting shot, Black women as well, but we're getting shot for just simply being in the wrong driveway. Mm -hmm. That's what campaigning is, (laughs) you know? That is, you know, it is being able to send our folks in to knock on the doors, to introduce themselves to community members. And, you know, having someone of like Irving's caliber being able to go out there and meet his community. That's yeah. the job. So I just think there's a lot of work for us to do, and um, I don't come here with all the answers at all. But I come here with as open of a heart and and you know listening as I possibly can, and just know that I you know this is something that I I have put at the top of our priorities mm-hmm. to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support candidates like like Irving. Thank
1: you, Shashi. I think it's important. I'm going to get to David here in just a second. It's an important conversation. Uh, that I likely will want to talk to you offline because I am also trying to use this platform to try to help candidates and get candidates to their constituents, because it might be that um, we have to do some things different, particularly this next election cycle. There's going to be too much ruckus on the presidential campaign that uh, brown and black folks, the safety uh, just pulling into driveways or knocking on doors is a major issue we can continue that conversation representative hackney what are your thoughts about all of all of what is going on
0: well uh, thanks cindy uh i'm obviously concerned and obviously extremely disappointed uh, mr brown you had to uh you had to go through that um i ran for the first time in uh uh, in 2020 uh in south king county um and uh thank both uh cindy and shasti were early supporters of mine you know I didn't experience it, you know, what you experienced. Um, I do think about it a lot. And I think, you know, the way to address this is really kind of what's been done in your situation, which is to rally around you, to let people know that that kind of racial intimidation will not only not dis- you know dispel you from running, dissuade you from running, but that all of us will come and join with you and support you. I understand both your opponent, and uh, some Republicans in your community, as well as Democrats. As the legislative Black Caucus, I wish I had done more, you know, to uh, stand beside you. Um, I don't think this is something that's going to be resolved with legislation. You know, we do have hate crime laws in the state of Washington, um, which this would cover as. They're already in place. It's a class C felony with a maximum five-year prison sentence and $100,000 fine. The issue here is that these things are done Uh, by cowards in the dark of night and it's very difficult to have the kind of uh, surveillance necessary to catch someone. So rather than catch someone who did it and punish them, I think we have to show them that this will only result in more support, more attention to the candidate and that that's how we have to. We make it so it doesn't have any, um, any negative impact, which is what they're hoping for. They're hoping that we'll get frustrated, uh, we'll give up, we'll be afraid. Um, the problem with hate crimes is not only are you the victim, but the entire community is. Since it's, since the idea is you were not elected because of anything you did or said, you were selected because of your membership in a group. Well, all of the rest of us who are in that group or in similar groups um, feel the, the the pain and frustration of those attacks. So it's not attack on one, we should treat it as an attack on all. And as an attack on all, we should all stand side by side with you and to let people know that this is something that not only will not be tolerated, but we're gonna use it as an opportunity to educate and also to, um, to show people that there's no, uh, no positive value is going, gonna to come to them for being a part of something like that. Unfortunately, I believe racism is a part of our society i like to think that, you know, your children 10 years from now, but whether people express it uh, explicitly on a sign or hold it in their hearts, right, there's going to be some form of it. And what we have to do is make sure that we are prepared um, and that we are strong enough to react when it happens. And I think that reaction will hopefully dissuade people from taking part in it because there'll be no benefit. Right. So um, as a legislative Black Caucus chair, i like to, you know, reach out to you. We should get together. We should um, we should be surrounding you with support uh, mm-hmm. and taking this opportunity to speak out on this event. Not not let it slide away and let people know that not only are we not dissuaded, that we are now uh, empowered mm-hmm. to support you and your candidacy and others like you. Um, and that we we're going to keep on, we're going to keep on fighting. I think that's the best we can do.
1: This is why I do what I do, right? <laughs> this is what we need to do is to surround him. You know, my, uh, Irving doesn't know me, but Shasti and David clearly know my personality. You know, I, I don't think we can educate these uneducated folks. There ain't nothing we can say that's going to change their hatred. They've been programmed and, you know, raised to believe or inferior, what we can do is what you just said, which is surround him with support and love and prayer and all the things that it takes to, he has sat in the seat and done some work in Pasco and we just help propel him to get into the seat permanently. We can't dissuade candidates. I mean, this is, now I do believe we got to deal with the safety. I mean, we're watching across the country, what's happening with people pulling in the wrong driveways and, you know, everybody's packing inside their house. Um, we just got to deal with the security issue of that. I think that's an important next step for all of our candidates. Irving, what are your, you know, I'm going to give you a, a couple minutes here to talk about, you just heard Shasti and David respond to this, talk about what you feel you need for the next steps for your campaign.
2: I, I think it's really have been displayed, especially with what I'm hearing today. This this creates peace in my heart. this mm-hmm. this, slow, this does honestly it slows things down a little bit. I said I was pissed off earlier. Now I'm just frustrated. So you guys de-escalated very well today. So <laughs> and that, that's one of my goals. I'm just a loving person. I know that you know with showing grace and and forgiveness is is always me. That's who I am. But I'm not I'm not um I'm Definitely not. um, What's the word I want to use? Um, I'm not a fool. That's my grandma would say. So we're just going to keep it right there. I'm not a fool. Mm -hmm. But what I need is what's been spoken today. What's been given to me, I'm grateful for. I'll tell you this community, um, Chastity and David and Cindy, they've shown up. Mm -hmm. They've shown up. They've called. Dave, I have some very unexpected phone calls. But that's what unity is. That's what community is. And to not let it die, um, uh, sir, you're correct. That's that's where it's gonna be a great factor um, mm-hmm. in creating um, this thing to be manageable, right? Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's a part of of how we're we're gonna continue to live together. Sad mm-hmm. to say that, but keep, I, I believe you. I believe you're absolutely correct. Um, and not to be too long on this, is that what I need, what I need is that support. I need this topic to continually be spoken about because that is gonna, that's gonna really put some people in check Mm because that was out there and everybody's antennas is up now. Mm -hmm. So the love is out there. The relationships are out there and we're building better communities because we are talking about stuff like this. Mm -hmm. People knock on my door to pick up a sign. And I'm I'm like, you know, you're talking about packing in the house, Cindy. I'm like, Okay, you have a front door, huh? You got to get you. it, am about yeah. to go.
1: We you all know, talk my, about it. We all my, talk about it. One of my friends said to me the other day, they better make sure they got, what, what did she say something about it? They better make sure they got the right toe tag.
2: We right.
1: To <laughs>
2: you know what happened out of that? And I believe in taking a negative and processing mm-hmm. that into a positive. That's always been me, but again, there's a little piece you have to be concerned about. But the knock on the door was to say, Mr. Brown, I am sorry for what happened to you. And do you have any signs available? I have rental properties. I have... Other homes, I'm gonna put them on all those properties. That's the that's what I need. That that's the difference. We we do. We need campaign money to buy more signs to put mm-hmm. them right here in their face because mm-hmm. they need to see so much of me that they start regurgitating me every time they say something out of their mouth.
1: What's so your website for where they can donate? Money?
2: My website is um Mr. Brown for City Council 3. Doc, at gmail.com. You almost threw me off with that question. No, that's your email
1: address. How's okay. my
2: email? Sorry. My website is, um, let me just pull it up because. I'm oh, be... sorry.
1: I should have asked you that. To that's show okay. You it's mean, all good. I got it.
2: I got it right okay. here. So Mr. Brown for city council. I'm going to give you all. Um, Mr. Brown for city council com is my website. And actually that's an awful, that wonderful place for a one-stop shop because the cash app is there. The website is there, the volunteer tab is there. So going to the website is a one-stop shop, no confusion. You even get to learn about me on the website. So let's well, we're just- add,
1: yes, let's, we're glad that you uh, could come on and just share appreciate what your story it. is. This uh, show here is always about black prosperity and what we all need to do as a community um, to advance it. So I'm gonna go to commercial. I wanna thank you, Irving, Chasty, and David. You um, you. know you, Both of you have been on the show several times, so I appreciate your commitment to community and making sure we help the folks out here that need some help. So thank you all. I'm gonna go to a quick commercial, and then we're gonna come back on second half to debrief a lot of issues that are going on in Black community right now. So stay tuned here, we're gonna go.
4: The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait, stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine.
2: Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think
0: they know you, your community, the places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out.
2: Down to a formula, a calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong Learn more at right. TheyThinkTheyKnowYou.org
5: Hey, I'm Besa Gordon You may have heard my voice on Hits 1061 Or seen me on Converge Media But now, I'm coming to TV I'm hosting the newest show on Fox 13 Called Back to Besa. Check us out every weekend for the hottest topics, interviews, the latest trends, and uplifting stories. We're going to have so much fun. And teams, we got you too. Back to base is Saturday nights, 1030 on Fox 13 and Sundays at 10 a.m. on Fox 13 Plus.
1: Welcome back to Heartbeat. I'm your host, Cindy Bright, which is enjoying those commercials. I like to see them. We had um, on the first half, we had Irving Brown on uh, giving us um, kind of an understanding of what's going on over in Pasco. He was joined by the Washington chair of the Democrats, Chastity Conrad, as well as Representative David Hackney out of the 11th district, who is also the chair of the Black Caucus. And it was warming, I guess, to hear, you know, bringing people together to talk about how we can help support campaigns and the things that we need to look out for. Um, I want to talk about on the second half, I have my regular commentators here with me tonight. I want to talk about this and a myriad of other things that are going on in Black community that we need to talk about. So let me welcome in Aaron Jones, uh, Michelle Dotson, and Dr. J who are on here regularly with me. Uh, to talk about all of what's going on. Were you all able to listen to and hear what Irving was talking about? Let's get some reactions from you on this. What are your thoughts? (laughs) And I'll just open it up for conversation tonight.
5: Not surprised. Um, I mean, I, I just did a post about this on TikTok that I am seeing more of this kind of behavior between children in schools. So if it's happening between children, it's happening with adults and children are openly calling, calling other kids, the N word openly. And, um, and so it's not surprising. And one of the things I've said to principals when I go into buildings is I almost hate disciplining children for this behavior because they're seeing it in the adults who are around them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we need to hold those adults responsible first. Cause I feel like the children are now suffering the consequences of their parents' bad behavior and the other adults in their community. But unfortunately, I mean, it, it's tragic and it's horrible. And the other, last thing I'll say, and I said this last night in a meeting, I believe people like former President Trump and Ron DeSantis and others who've been so openly anti-Black have opened the door for this kind of behavior. And so I Trump didn't make people do this. Ron DeSantis didn't make that shooter kill three black people, but they, they created the circumstances. They created the kind of environment where that sort of physical and verbal violence is almost invited right now.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a lot to say. I'm going to condense it. Number one, I hope, I hope Irving is still watching and listening. So he is, he's backstage. I can see him. Um, I am the progeny of a family who came from an hour and a half away from Pasco in Yakima. My uncle was on the Yakima City Council for over 20 years. He was the mayor of Yakima for two years. Uh, There is Henry Beauchamp Way in Yakima. There is the Henry Beauchamp Community Center, which just celebrated its 50th anniversary last July, July of 2022, Um, so we have a rich history in my family. Now I would say today you're probably not going to be able to elect a Black mayor in Yakima, which is sad. That being said, I still have family in Yakima, so we need to roll up the troops. Um, Irving, I will... um, reach out to you and get your information. I'm sure you probably know some of my family, David Mitchell, who um, just retired. Um, I will get you information. I will get you connected to my family. We will get you some help. Um, But also, I will say that um, while this is nothing new, what's also um, true is that we have my uncle. No, none of us have ever done this without help, without allies, without anti-race. Anti-racist is nothing new. Intersectionality is nothing new. Um, we've just given it new names. We've always done this unified with unity. So it doesn't surprise me that uh it took that sign for Irving to hear from people he didn't expect to hear from. Um, I've shared with Dr. J and with Cindy, I just finished reading a great book that just came out from Jeff Charlotte, The Undertow. Jeff Charlotte wrote the book uh, and he did the uh, documentary, The Family. We are in a, a, a descent as people are becoming disconnected from christian uh national religion um they are moving into fascism this is let's call it what it is you know they change they changed out the f word fundamentalism for the fearer who is trump or whoever whatever f word you want to put on it so we should expect it. the neo-nazis were everywhere and you guys know in my line of work um in my uh, in my line of work um we have seen um more of uh the um uh Department of homeland security let me back up Department of Homeland security we have seen more of the um they put out a a warning bulletin on may 24th that runs through November of this year. And it's about st- stochastic terrorists, supposedly the lone wolves. There's no such thing as a lone wolf, no such thing. These are terrorists, They're domestic terrorists. Mm-hmm. And there was a national call for the neo-Nazis to begin to launch their campaign as of this past weekend, Labor Day, Labor, they went into they went into work starting Labor Day weekend, and they're everywhere. Michelle, so they-
1: I want to bring back in really quick. I don't want to cut you off. Um, I want to bring back in Mr. Brown for a second, just to make sure he heard your offer. Okay. So let me see, Mr. Brown. Do you see that you're back in? I do. <laughs> okay. Were you able to hear Michelle's offer of support for her family
2: care? I did. I'm, I just got a little choked up when I was offline, but I just, because I'm humbled by it, this, I've never experienced anything like this. Yes. As a black man, no one's ever called me that. I never had those issues. I know community. I know the love of community. That's what I know. And for this to happen, because of progressive work, it, it's it's just an awkward place to be when you brought up the kids, my heart, because it's a learned behavior. Um, and it's progressing um, as we having this talk right now, somebody's upset because this progressive work to eradicate that type of behavior is happening. So to your family, I don't believe I'm directly connected, but I believe my pastor will know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, Dr. Wayne Jenkins. So I know, I know, that I'm somehow connected and there's been a crossover. So I'm sure um, I have integrated in some way, but this is just heartfelt tears. It's not because I'm not giving this stuff no more clout than it needs um, in order to educate on ignorance, but it's I'm overwhelmed because to see us come together as a people, it's emotional. It's, but it's happy. So, you know, I'm backstage falling apart, but, Uh, you know, through, through all of this, you know, I could, I could see that there's, there's a brighter future because
4: there's a brighter
1: future. I, I,
2: I appreciate the assistance. Please get in touch with me. What I need is this kind of love right here. And as we stand tall and we stand united, um, the, yeah. the change that's going to come out of this negative thing will be a positive
1: one. Yes. That's All right. right. Stand by. I'm going to put you back in the green room. I wanted to make sure you heard this. I want to hear from Dr. Jay also. Dr. Jay, what's going on with you as we're talking about this, too? Michelle, I didn't mean to cut. I know you probably. No, no. Me.
4: I'm glad you did. Okay. You.
6: Well, Mr. Brown, I just thank you for your tears, for keeping it real and not being complicit and trying to pretend as though everything is okay. What's going through my mind, Queens, is East Coast. As you know, I was in upstate New York, handling family business, minding my own business, and rolled up on a statue of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln shaking hands at their second pivotal meeting of August 19th, 1864. And I had to stop and get out and take pictures because what I was thinking is, oh, my God, are we back in the 1860s? Mm. Well, then we just might as well just go ahead and just call it out. And I'm reminded of of Roland Martin. I don't know if anyone has read his book entitled Mm -hmm. White Mm -hmm. How the running of America is making white folks lose their minds. (laughs) And listening to Aaron and Michelle, I just want to take one second, well, maybe two, uh, Cindy, just to read. He said that white fear has shaped our democracy and our society from the beginning. So, Mr. Brown, while this is new to you, just know that this is not new in America. And quite truthfully, I am grateful, on the other hand, that you've had the opportunity to experience this because Frederick Douglass said, without a struggle, there could be no progress.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: And I'm just delighted that you've got the heart of forgiveness and grace, because you definitely are gonna need that because you know, one could, it would be very easy to slip into saying a word or two to a few people, but you've taken the high road. And, 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 and Roland Martin goes on to say, he says, But this white fear is more intense and visible than ever. That's why Trump was able to do what he did. He said, he wrote, it's behind the recent flood of restrictive voting laws, uh, disproportionately impacting people of color. And he said, and it's why reactions to movements like the Black Lives Matter and and football players taking a knee have been so negative and strong. Mm -hmm. And by way of context, Cindy, Roland Martin defines white fear as the unwillingness to share power, and that's what we're talking about here, and resources and allow for the redefinition of American morals, values, and principles to live up to the promises of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) And I bring this up because as we recall, all men are created equal. When they wrote this, they were talking about the aristocratic white men Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln said, oh, no, we the people mean we all the people. And we saw what happened to him.
3: Mm-hmm. But he
6: said to, to those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. And I'm not quite sure how I really feel and think about that. But I do know that no one put me here and no one is taking us away because they do not like the melanin in our skin. And and when you get to the next question, I would like to also read what Jane Elliott, white woman, said when she was interviewed by Roland Martin about white fear. But I'll save that.
1: So no, no said, we all know Jane Elliott. Go ahead. I... Jane
6: Elliott, what she said is this. She said, quote, the problem with white people is not white. Uh, she says the, the problem with white people is not white innocence, nor is it white privilege. The problem with the problem is white ignorance. And until we get educated, meaning white people, to the fact that we are not superior, just because we have a lack of melanin in our skin, that's how long we will have this problem. She says, no one is responsible for the past, but we are responsible for the present and the future that we're creating for ourselves and for our children. And when when Mr., uh, when Mister Mr. Brown said that what he's going through is simply because of the color of his earth suit, that reminded me, of what Jane Elliott said mm-hmm. when interviewed by Roland Martin in white fear, why mm-hmm. the browning of America is causing a white folks to lose their minds.
1: Mm-hmm. That was pretty powerful. And I like how you said the suit that they're serving in here. Um, I also am reminded um, when Michelle was talking to Mr. Brown, how Mr. Brown commented and said, his pastor probably knows her family. And I think that's an important thing to highlight because we've talked about this every week about what we as black people um, are rooted in, in terms of our faith and where we're headed. And and we all know, like we all talk offline about these issues regularly because this is our life, because we've been gifted with melanin. And so while Some people may not like it. They certainly do everything in their power to look like us, right? I mean, they do everything in their power to, you know, to have our features, to, you know, you can name all the things. I mean, I love how Erin talks regularly about her nails. She she prompted me to get the longer nails myself, Erin. I just want you to know, because when I see them, I'm like, I got to copy that. But it's about freedom for us to be able to be ourselves and not apologize because we've been gifted something beautiful that everyone wants. They just don't want us to have power and their fear from my perspective. I have not read Jane. I've heard her, some of her teachings, they're powerful. They're very powerful in how she teaches it. But the reality is, is that we are progressing and that's what's creating this fear and fighting of what Mr. Brown is dealing with because now he has power and influence and, he might change something that is actually good, but they only see it on the surface for it to be changed. Right,
4: right.
5: Can I Can I um, make an observation that I know, um, Cindy, you and I have talked about an awful lot, but I, Dr. Jay and I have also talked about this in a way. I love that faith is a part of something that, that intersects all of us. And um, he brought that up about his pastor. Mm-hmm. And we are all people of faith. All of us are and And I want to make a connection here to both politics and to why we show up the way we do, so the one piece on politics for white progressive folks, they are not people of faith for the most part, and so our faith practices are disgusting to them and and it it feels to them like we couldn't possibly be progressive because we're christian people um and yet all of the the civil rights movements that have ever been started by us are started in our faith communities. And so our faith practices um, lead us to this kind of action, lead us to Mm -hmm. care about housing, to care about houseless people, all of that stuff. So I, I think it's interesting, when you look at the Republican party, for the most part, it's the opposite thing, right? So I see no legislation around supporting the poor, around supporting those who are houseless. Um, around education. There's no policy at all other than privatizing education. So I just want to point out like really explicitly that I want to invite the Democrats who are watching who are in white skin to realize that what motivates us is a really different thing And, and I also want to invite us that there are a lot of white people out there who think that if we were to have power we would turn around and do the same to them that they have done to us and yet I'm going to say that my faith tells me, though, to love my enemy. My faith tells me to show compassion. My faith says, turn the other cheek and and go stay high. When they go low, we stay high. And and so I just want to offer that, that I think for so many of us, we are able, even when we're crying through tears and we're angry and we're upset, we are still thinking about the humanity of that other person in a way that's way too many white folks are not and so um i I just i just want to offer as a perspective i think i just did a video literally this afternoon about colonization and christianity and i think way too many white americans have a colonized christianity and what that means is that it's more american than it is christian see and And where I challenge people in my TikTok video is we have to strip away the American from the Christianity if we have any hope for us as a nation to really become the best version of ourselves. And so I explicitly talk about my faith and I explicitly say I'm a Jesus girl because I am working really hard to strip that American out of my faith and make sure that I am focusing on the things that the Bible says to focus on, not focusing on the things that white America, European folks say are important.
1: I think what you just highlighted, I want to hear Dr. Jay because I uh, know she has something to add. I like how you just highlighted um, the notion of, um, I would say my way of distinguishing it for folks is, because I don't talk openly about it a lot either, because the colonized perception of, I do not consider myself religious. I was actually asked that this morning. Are you religious? And I said, I'm a person of faith to dispel the, what comes with it because the whites have made it about controlling people and using scripture to tell people thou shalt not. Our communities use faith and gospel as inspiration and ways to look out for our community and serve other people. So the church is not the buildings. The church is us and what we're doing to try to help, you know, Mr. Brown tonight, he is suffering. We bring on the people we know. We bring Chastity and Dave. These are folks that are in positions that can help. We build the community around each other so that we can all lift and rise. Dr. Jay, what were you going to say?
6: Oh, well, <laughs> when Aaron just went there, see, she said what I was going to say, and Mr. Brown, just know that if you were not successful and effective, this would have happened. Talk to Aaron Jones. He can tell you what happens to successful black candidates. Mm. But this is so critical because he said the Operation Grace and Forgiveness but he's not a fool. Mm-hmm. And I was taught, oh, Michelle, Michelle and I were talking today about the songs of the human rights movement. Ain't going to let nobody turn me around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shall overcome. That was a, a, a prophetic song. Right. Mm-hmm. And and those songs were inspired by faith. And, and Aaron, I'm just so glad you called this out because that's what This young man was talking about today and because of that, I believe he's going to be blessed, exceeding abundantly above all he can ask or think. And because you see fear, according to the the Holy Writ, perfect love casts out fear. So if we really are going to dismantle this whole racist, misogynistic, oppressive system, then that's going to require that in our hearts, fear is cast out and replaced with love, Mm -hmm. not as an emotion, but as a a verb. And that's why love and Ubuntu, the interconnectedness of of humanity, Mm -hmm. were part of the values of the pro-equity, anti-racist ecosystem for Washington State. Because if we're really gonna be an equitable and just state, then we must have values that are non-negotiable, that are our true north, through which all of our decisions, actions, and behaviors are filtered, and love, that's why love is one of those, and the mm-hmm. interconnectedness of humanity. I and love that. that love, is a love is a noun. Love is a verb. Wherever the Constitution mm-hmm. is, I think it's, called, it's all to fell on the floor. Um, we were considered three fifths of a person, and women weren't even included.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: So, like, no, so y'all, y'all off from the beginning. Well, let's and- get back two basics, we are image bearers because we were created in the image and likeness of our creator. So let's get back to that, let's get back to love and let's get back to what Dr. King said, either we're gonna learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we're gonna perish together as fools.
4: Mm
6: Go ahead to live.
4: And and we have to remember that three-fifths of a person was not grounded in our humanity, Mm-hmm. It was grounded in the in the property the farmers. Mm-hmm. and property value of the wealthy farmers right. to give them wealth and to give them more wealth. So it wasn't about us, it wasn't about our humanity right. at all. So we have to remember that. I mean, that's that's an important part of the equation. And and that's what we have to remember as we're moving out and in this, in the part of what's occurring right now. So the fact that our humanity has always been a question in the mind, that's why white supremacy continues to exist. Because our humanity has always been a question. So, mm-hmm. why are we being targeted above all other races? Mm-hmm. Us and and the Jewish people. Our humanity has always been had a question mark. That's why there's never been an apology for slavery. There's never been a repentance for slavery, because our humanity has always been a question mm-hmm. and until that is resolved we will all this push and pull this push and pull will continue to happen what Here do you in America
1: what do you think about um you know I know this is uh Shasti mentioned she was you know I mean this is a conversation she's having I mean she's in a position of trying to figure out, I mean, we're in an unprecedented time when it comes to people running for seats and, you know, having their heads blown off just for pulling up to, you know, pick up somebody. And as, you know, Mr. Brown is dealing with, you know, a sign may just be a sign, but that's also could just be the first uh, action that was taken. And so he's, you know, I don't know that community at all, but um, my perception of, that side of the mountain, you know, when I used to drive over the pass during the Trump election days, I was shocked at how many of those signs were over there. So it's redder than I had imagined. And so from his perspective or from Shasti's perspective, what do you all think we should do or recommend we do about the candidates that are have stepped up in an hour running to try to uh, running for these seats? What is it we need to do? As a community, as a society, to protect them. Like, what are your thoughts about that?
5: So, I'm over there all the time. I do a lot of work with Pasco School District and Kennewick and um, and Richland. And um, what a lot of people don't realize is, number one, Kennewick is the first district that banned CRT in our state. So they're the, I think they're the only ones that have made that official. Like it's part of their school board policy. Um, One of the white students that was serving on the school board um, a year and a half ago, he's at UW now. He was the only person to stand in the way and he was a kid. He was a high school kid, senior in high school. Um, He joined my class every week just to learn about this stuff. He was fighting against the school board that was ready to ban all things related to race. So this doesn't surprise me a ton because I've been seeing it in the school district play out for students. But here's what I want to go to uh, the video that I, I shared with you all um, from Barbara F. Wilters and just recommend to anyone who's not watched that video yet, her TED talk about is America headed to a civil war? And I want to speak to her solutions or her recommendation strategies, because I think we need to take those on. I think all of us and especially the Democratic Party, one of her solutions is we have to get back to democracy where the democratic processes are followed. And so I think as a democratic party, so for Sasti and, and her constituencies, she's serving all of the PCOs and all that stuff across our state. She needs to make sure that they are being supported, that the democratic process is supported, that in every region in our state, people are able to get out to vote, that they are able to get information about candidates. I think that she and other leaders need to be visible, especially on the east side of our state. I think they just need to make their presence known So people know we're not playing. So that was one. Number two, and I think Mr. Brown already communicated this. The other solution from Barbara F. Walters was we need to make sure we're advocating for working class because here's what I know about that man. I don't need to know his name. I don't need to know who he is. I know that's a working class man who's discouraged, who feels like people are taking his jobs or taking his money. And part of that is because they feel hopeless. And so we need to keep fighting for the working class to get healthcare, to get quality education, to get housing. And I think people will always find a scapegoat when they don't have what they need. And I think this is a great example of we're just going to make Mr. Brown the scapegoat. It's not really Mr. Brown, This is not about you. That's right. what I learned. If, if I learned one thing running for office, the hate that came towards me was not about me. It was about the idea of me. Right. And I just want to say this to you, Mr. Brown, Um, You know, my husband reminded me of this all the time. These people don't know you. They don't know who you are really. And so don't let them steal your energy. But no, this is not about you at all. This is about the idea of you and you need to continue to do what you know to be true that your community needs. And you obviously know your community. That was really clear in the opening statement that you made. And so we have to collectively be fighting for the things that the working class needs. And that in the end is I think our only way forward.
4: I know Barbara, um, she was a colleague of mine for almost 10 years. Um, And I will tell you again, for her to have made that Ted talk, to come out of academia where she does three hour academic talks to do a 22-minute TED talk was huge, huge. So I will say we should take every minute of that 22-minute TED talk like it was; those were pearls, literal pearls of wisdom, and and move forward with every single minute of it. Um, I will also say that um, in addition to her talk. Um, because she's really talking about fascism again, all the scholars that are talking, Ruth ben Um, Anne Applebaum, Timothy Snyder's another one of my favorites, grab on to what they're saying. On Tyranny, the book On Tyranny, I usually have it right by my side. It's it You can read it in less than an hour. That's democracy in action. On Tyranny, There's 20 lessons for democracy that you could read in an hour. And right now we're living it. So um, I I highly recommend On Tyranny by Timothy Snyder.
1: Thanks, Michelle. You know, I want to bring Shasti Conrad back in really quick. She has, um, she wants to talk about, she has a brief thing that she wants to say. So let me bring uh, Shasti in. Shasti, are you there?
3: I am. Hi. Everybody. Hi, ladies. I've just been sort of sitting at your feet, you know, the feet of the teachers and just soaking up all of the incredible wisdom that you have. And, and thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to underline something um, really quickly, which is, you know, surrounding Irving with this community of support and love is unbelievably important. He also has a race to win. And I want to make sure that we get him across the finish line because that is a signal that, like David was saying, we are not going to be deterred. We are not going to retreat. That These types of actions are not going to stop what is needing to happen and what is going to continue to happen, which is that we are continuing to build for a more representative democracy. And Irving is the exact perfect example and the model for the kind of person that we want representing us. And so, you know, I the very first trip that I did in my role as um, state party chair was to go across the mountains and to go and visit these um, these exact communities, spend time um, getting to know what the what the challenges and the opportunities are for our democratic leaders in places like the Tri-Cities and Walla Walla and Spokane. Um, And this year is an odd year, which means that most of our elections are municipal elections. So they are school boards, they are city councils, they are mayor's races, they are water districts, fire districts, they are these types of races. These are folks who are on the front lines of democracy that are stepping forward and saying, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do the best that I can to help my community. And so, um, he gave you, Irving gave you his website, and I'm hoping that um, maybe in the show notes, Cindy, you can definitely make sure that his website is accessible to people so that folks can donate. Um, he has um, he has raised, I think, just over $2,500, but he needs to raise another couple thousand dollars to get him across the finish line to have the resources to make sure that he's doing that voter contact, that he's got um, people who will knock doors and... Um, make phone calls and make sure that he's got mailers um, out to all the people in Pasco. And so I really want to encourage people to donate and support Irving. Um, If you hit the max of supporting um, Irving, you can also give to the Franklin County Democrats. And they are also doing days of action to support um, the city council uh, folks that are running in Pasco and Yakima and the Tri-Cities. Um, one of the first things I did when I came into this job was to identify what were those best opportunities this year where we could really make a difference. And Pasco, Yakima, and Sunnyside were at the very top of our list. Um, Sunnyside is my little passion project because it's 70% Latino. The three incumbents that are up are all white men who um, lean Republican. They all won by less than 100 votes, won one by one vote. And so we have an opportunity to radically change these city councils. And so having someone like Irving supported to make sure that he retains his seat, but that we also help him get progressive majorities that will help him be able to get the work done that he wants to get done to do exactly what Aaron was saying, which is to stand up for working class values and working class people. Um, We need to make sure we're supporting progressives to do that work, Democrats Mm -hmm. to do that work um, so that Irving's not alone out there. So I just wanted to say that. And again, you incredible ladies for all that you're doing. um, I'm
1: going to bring bring him back in and I'm going to bring David back in um, as we close the show out, because there's a few things I think we should all say. So let's bring, see if I can get everybody here on the screen here. All right. Here's a crowd of people. Here's a group of people that are all out here you know, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, making things happen for other people. The people that are on this call or on the screen right now, uh, to my knowledge, all have a basis of love in their hearts and want to see progress for other people. So in closing this out, we've run over a little bit, which is okay, but I just want to give Irving you an opportunity for some closing words here as we close the show out, both from I've heard, we heard Shafty say you need more money, so we need to get at least another couple thousand dollars. We will promote the show after uh, tonight. It goes off. We push it and make sure people see it to help you. Um, what closing words would you like to say uh, to our audience before we sign off tonight?
2: I really just, I feel like just saying amen. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I I just... I, I, I'm done. Stick a fork in it. I think nice. this mm-hmm. room is, is what I needed. The, the mm-hmm. power is what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. This creates the change. Mm-hmm. The, this, what, this is what makes a difference. So when you ask me what I need, is this kind of love right here. Mm-hmm. And I know heaven is happy right now. Mm-hmm.
4: And this is my
2: background. This is how I get down. If you want anything from me, I need to first know that you have a relationship with Christ. Mm. I I don't have time for confusion and chaos. I have time to promote and educate people about a place that's waiting for them that can take care of all these situations. So I I have and I'm not going to make any excuses for that, because as Christ is the head of my life who will guide me, we use the word catapult early. It's going to dump me right where I need to go. But that's my temporary assignment. Who knows? I may be the the mayor in 2025. Mm -hmm. So this negative has (laughs) created an opportunity for greatness. Mm -hmm. So Satan is negative. Jesus Christ is positive. So Satan chases me and all he does is send me back to the altar to receive something great in Christ. He hasn't Mm -hmm. figured it out yet. So these, these little minions that's chasing me has not figured out, the more you chase me, the more you empower me, the more you encourage me, and the more that you're actually telling me, just hold on, your change is on the way. So I'm encouraged by me being flat-footed in my position as a biblical man, a straight-up father, an awesome friend, an articulate black man. Mm -hmm. you don't call me a nigga, add the rest to it. -hmm. God God has created something awesome right here. So Mm -hmm. so, so this right here, we are on our way to a great place. And I
4: I have
2: a community with you all right now that confirms and lets me know I am not in this by myself, although I'm not the only one. But if I don't stand firm, I can't help nobody
4: else.
2: Mm. Somebody's watching me to see how I get through this so that they can then take the layers off one at a time. Mm -hmm. And it's whatever person of color that you are. Be encouraged. And I don't I don't have no problem being the catalyst for change because my keeper is going to keep me. I'm good. Mm
1: We appreciate, we appreciate this, Mr. Brown. Let me just thank you for coming on this evening with us to have this conversation. We all um, were refer we're all flipping through for some scripture while you were talking there. (laughs) Thank you. donated
5: too. Also (laughs) donated
1: already. Right. Because what we do is we come together as a community. I appreciate that you came on tonight Mm -hmm. um, and to all of my regular co-hosts that are on with me. What I want to say to our audience here. Um, As we close out this evening, um, I want to make sure everyone knows we hear, you know, heartbeat has been on air. This is our sixth year now. And it's just gotten so much better because we are using this platform. Um, I mean, it's fueled by what Mr. Brown's talking about. This is about for the love of people and to make sure, you know, what I I can do to try to help in this process. So We appreciate that you joined us uh, this evening. We look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a good evening, everyone.